Well, thank you, ladies. You guys are doing overtime to come to this after the Every Woman's Grace. So thank you. I know there's always something to do. So uh, it's not like, well, there's nothing to do. I guess we'll hear whatever the missionaries have to say. <laughs> now, I have to say a couple things as I begin before I do the, like, the formal part. Did you notice there's no clock up there? <laughs> that makes me nervous. I don't know about you. Um, is there a clock on here? Yeah, it's tiny. <laughs> also, uh, Amy, Amy, feel free to jump in. She always has good things to say. Uh, so she might say, Bruce, you forgot this, or hey, everybody, this is something uh, that I want you to hear also. So we're missionaries in Ukraine. And the main reason we're there, besides God's call, people say, well, why did you pick Ukraine? God sent us there. <laughs> but the longer story is that Bob Provost had contacts there when it was the Soviet Union, and we went there because of that. But this statistic, that there's only like one... Uh, in a half million trained pastors in the rest of the world, but there's one trained pastor for every 230 about in the United States, was a big draw for us to go there uh, and be there. When we got to Ukraine, the first time we went there uh, was in 1992, and we saw one of the, the pastors there show us the Bible that he had that was copied by hand because there wasn't enough Bibles. Sometimes a whole church would have a Bible. So as I say that, we see this statistic and what I just said, see that, wow, there's a need when we went there. It's not as great as it was. Praise the Lord, there's commentaries now. Not like we have here, but there are some. You know, most everybody has a Bible. I would think everybody does. Uh, who really wants one? <clears throat> but that was the need that drew us there. This is our family. And so on the right is our son, A.J., then Shelby, Amy, who we made go out, uh, myself, and Stephen on the left. He was in the Marines for four years and has finished. And now the Marines, praise the Lord, are putting him through the master's, not college. I always want to say college. University. Praise the Lord. Semper Fi. Let's see. That wasn't the right button. There we go. So where is Ukraine? Ukraine is in uh, Eastern Europe, right over here. My understanding as far as uh, landmass, it's the biggest country in Europe, except for Russia, which, of course, is way bigger. We live in that red dot there. I mean, not literally inside that red dot, but it represents where we live uh, in Kiev. And the Dnieper River goes right down through uh, Ukraine. Ukraine has a lot of beautiful churches with the Orthodox Church, but unfortunately, not a lot of beautiful teaching coming out of there. Uh, a lot of mysticism. Uh, Ukraine has some beautiful modern buildings in the center of town. This is the center of town there in Kiev, where we live. Has some interesting architecture. This is down in Crimea called the Swallow's Nest. And you can see it's just uh, hanging off the edge of a cliff here. Really famous, cool building. There's a lot of natural beauty in Ukraine, and Ukraine's flag is actually blue on the top and gold or yellow on the bottom to symbolize the beauty of God's creation of the fields and of the uh, blue sky. But not everything is as beautiful as these pictures. If you go out into the villages, a lot of times it's a lot more difficult, a lot more dirty, um, a lot more simple. Some people will still have this kind of transportation. 
the villages are emptying out. If you've got, you know, ability to do something, if you're a young person, they try to go to Kiev, get a job. Uh, a lot of times it's just the older people, not only. But uh, like I said, there's kind of an emptying out of some of the villages and people being kind of stuck there. So this is just a little bit of the life of Ukraine so you can get a little bit of a picture. And at the end, um, I'm even open to it right now. If you're like, hey, Bruce, you know, I'm open to a little dialogue. If you have a question, feel free. At the end, we'll do it also. But uh, don't feel like, wow, that would be so rude. Feel free. Ukraine, unfortunately, is famous for Chernobyl, 1986 explosion. Uh, you know, did a lot of damage. Uh, not a lot of it is official, but people feel like, you know, wow, there's a lot of effects of that that we still have. One time we went to get my eye looked at at the doctor's office, and this was something kind of unusual. We're like, what's that? Oh, this is some leeches. And I'm like, do you have to put that on my eye? No, thankfully, you know. Let me fix your eye, put a leech on it, right? No, but it was just a curious uh, little thing. When we were uh, in Ukraine a few years ago, they had the heaviest snowfall in 100 years. And I thought, well, that would be kind of curious to see a few pictures of that. Cars were stuck in the snow so long and snow plows weren't coming and the snow was getting so thick that people were just abandoning their cars right in the middle of main big streets. So the streets are full of cars in some places. Uh, Our church window, we met in a tent for many years. And this is my son pointing to how high the snow was on the window. And this uh, picture on the right is our street. And you couldn't walk down the sidewalks. It was so high that you couldn't walk down the sidewalk. So you would go down the middle of the street. So we walked the street just walking right down the middle of our street. It was kind of uh, new and interesting. A little bit about Ukrainian life. I'll tell you a secret. Amy knows all the great shopping words better than I do. I still go shopping sometimes, you know, but she really has all that down. I'm a little bit better with the theological words. But this picture on the left with the, uh, let's see here, the pig head right here, this little metal shack is like 20 feet from our front door of our apartment. So if you come visit, you can go shopping here. And if you don't know the Russian words for like, Whatever you see there, you just look up. If there's a cow head up there, then you know this must be cow meat. And if you see the pig head, then you know it's pork. Or you know that it's sala. This is pig fat. Now, I know you want to get a closer look at that, so here you go. (laughs) And I've seen them slay a pig. That part I didn't watch too much in the village. And then they'll cut the pig fat off, you know, with just a couple inches right there. But before they do all that, they'll burn the hair off the, bo- the back of that pig. Because who wants to eat your sala with the hair sticking out? So at your service. We have a subway. The, the Soviet Union did a great job of making good subways. I could say probably a lot better than Los Angeles. Certainly a lot faster. But down in the subway, they are selling uh, dried fish. Something kind of unusual. I've never tasted this blood sausage. Maybe some of you have. But I thought that might get a small little charge out of a few people. Out in the villages, uh, still might find outhouses, you know, when we've been out in the village. Yep, using the outhouse. Sometimes even in the city. And here's one of my students, the, the, the guy in the picture. His wife and child are there, too. Um, just showing some of the traditional Ukrainian dress and uh, traditional food. And he has amazing uh, testimony. He said, 
I used to think there was no God. And when I was in 15, I became a hooligan, an alcoholic, a drug addict, an armed robbery. And then Jesus changed it all. He got saved. So neat story that goes with this uh, outfit of clothes. Moving a little closer to our apartment, if you were to come visit, this is our car. If you get the spot right in front of our apartment, a lot of times somebody else has it. But uh, the door is right in that pink area there. This next slide is a picture of the whole apartment building, kind of just what it looks like there. Another photo of some of the buildings around. If you were to come inside our apartment and take a picture out, looking out, this is uh, the view out our bedroom window. And uh, here's another one. I think that's out a different window. Is that right? Yeah, other window, out the uh, other side of the apartment. If you walk around the uh, apartment, this is our side yard. This is where Amy will go shopping, you know, 30, 40 feet right out of our apartment. You can see our apartment right up there. We live on the eighth floor right up there. So when you write those cards or whatever, you know, not pressuring, but uh, that's where we're reading them, right up there. Here's some of the other uh, little shops, bread, food, meat, whatever. This is meat being sold right out of the back of a truck, right in our little yard there, right next to our apartment building. Uh, For Americans, you know, that's pretty different just to see them kind of putting the meat right out there, not refrigerated. Sometimes we've seen it on the hood of a car, just right on the hood. We didn't think to ask, but, you know, medium well, and they start revving it up, you know. (laughs) Never saw that part. That's imagination of a missionary. Uh, Ukraine's kind of famous for a little bumpy road, so you can be thankful for the roads that we have here. Although I heard one California say, but we pay for it. (laughs) Like 56 cents taxes on a gallon of gas, I think. Anyways, rejoice in all things. This little pole sticking up is to warn you that there's a hole there, so don't drive your car in there. You know. There was a reason I picked that little dirt spot right there. Uh, about 15 minutes from our apartment is this lake. Uh, we sometimes do church baptisms there and other lakes, uh, but this one was frozen over, and I'm like, what are those people doing out in the middle of the frozen lake? Got a little closer. They're doing fishing. Why go pay for it when you can just catch it, right? And then he said, hey, this, I asked him, I said, what do you use to catch, you know, these little red worms and stuff like that? He was really excited to show it to me. Amy and I were in a village doing some walking and met this couple and thought, yeah, that would be just interesting to see life of people living in the villages. Uh, Another similar one. And then this lady was walking right next to one of the stores that Amy goes to very frequently, uh, usually at least once a week. This is unusual. Our apartment building is just outside of this picture right here, the one I showed you earlier. So this is maybe like 15 feet from our apartment building. And they do unusual things just right out there in the little open (laughs) bazaar. And you just never know. You could find a perfect match right next to our place. None of the ladies in my family, Shelby or Amy, ever go clothes shopping there. (laughs) Amy was like, I can't believe they do this. You know, I'd like to take a picture, but I'm so embarrassed to do it. And then just before we left, I saw 
the thing, you know, what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, I hope I don't embarrass her. I'm embarrassed, but I just took these pictures and there you got to see some. A little bit about our church. Our church originally met in a house, a house church, kind of like in the New Testament times when uh, you didn't have a church building that was separate. You would meet in someone's house. And in the Soviet Union times, you, it was very difficult to, to have a church separate. So this was our church back in the late 80s and 90s. But since it was like hush-hush and not official, we didn't have official documents for our church, like as a church, ownership. So once freedom came, the wall came down in the early 90s, uh, our neighbor here in this really nice building right here offered to help us get our documents all fixed up. Now, this is uh, our son, AJ, when he was a lot younger right here taken in this picture. Isn't he cute? (laughs) But he told us, you know, I'll get your documents officially made. Well, he did get them officially made. He got them officially made in his name. And so all of a sudden we're like, you're swindling us. It went to court and the court's like, well, you guys don't really have anything. And he has all the official documents and in Ukraine, Russia, stamps and official documents, that means everything. And so we lost our church building and we were like, what are we going to do? You know, are we going to disband? You know, felt some despair. Are we going to just have some home Bible studies? But in that time of prayer and kind of just searching, the piece of property that's off of this picture here to the left uh, came open, and it wasn't built on. And the Ukrainian government was kind of taking bids. Who would give what to take that property? So there was two big, like, building corporations that wanted to build really high, modern uh, condominiums or apartment buildings. And then there was our church. They were willing to give millions of dollars, or tens of thousands at least. I don't want to exaggerate, but it was a lot of money. We were nowhere close to that amount of money. In fact, we were ready to give a big fat zero. And who did the Ukrainian government give it to us? Who did they give it to? To us. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Because bribes and money talks, and there's a lot of corruption. And they were willing to give a lot. But my favorite part of the story is that our pastor was speaking with somebody in the parliament who was kind of high up, and he's like, Nikolai Ivanovich, who do you know that could get this in your name, pull this off and get you this property? And he said, I'll tell you who I know. His name's Jesus. And he shared the gospel with him. And it was the Lord, you know, and the Lord pulls through, and the Lord can do amazing things. And he got us this church building when we thought maybe our church would, you know, even disband. This picture shows part of our church with the property that we were given uh, in front of us a little bit in the snow there. And behind us is part of our old church building that's like all beat up and blackened. I don't know how it got that way, you know, but did the guy torture it afterwards or something? I don't think he ever did, but it looks like it. But later after that, we didn't have money for buying the property, uh, really. And um, we just put this tent on it, circus tent. Remember, this is Ukraine. It can be cold. You know, everybody's got jackets on there. If you notice, the floor is just sand. In these early days of our church, they asked me to do uh, announcements one day in this uh, tent. And I went up front. Amy was at home with the other kids, or maybe they were sick. I'm not sure. I was there with just AJ myself. I did the announcements. I come back to my seat, 
AJ is in the aisle here in the sand doing a snow angel. <laughs> Embarrassing moments for, you know, the missionary. It's like, get up, AJ, what are you doing? We're not at the beach. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we graduated from this tent to the one that is behind our church. So you're seeing our church members here. There's Amy over on the right hand with Shelby in the pink. Don't know if you can see that over there, but uh, she's got the hood on. Just want to point out my favorite people. Uh, This tent had more solid walls, but it was still a tent, and we were in that for maybe like 10 years. And when it got really cold, the Ukrainians are great at thinking up stuff that, like, Americans, we'd throw something away, but they'll, like, make it work. You know, they can really teach us something about ingenuity and not throwing a lot of things away. But they had this thing that was, like, six feet long, and it was, like, maybe, like, almost 10 inches diameter. And it was like a giant jet engine. And they would put it in through a hole in the church and start it up. And it sounded like a jet engine. If you were preaching or something like that, it's like you were yelling to compete with that thing. But the Lord has graduated from that all the way to this gorgeous, beautiful building. And some people grace church. Maybe some of you gave toward that. Thank you. Praise the Lord. May it be used for his glory for decades into the future until Christ comes again. We're not completely done. Uh, Our main pastor, I'm one of the pastors, but not the main pastor. I didn't plant the church, but I'm helping at the church. But our main pastor is actually in the United States trying to raise money to finish the insides. And you can see some of the walls there that need uh, some finishing up. Interesting, they let us help build the church. Now, Amy didn't just pose for this. I mean, I did say, look at me, I'll take this picture and stuff like that. But Uh, They actually let you build it. In fact, our family, several years ago, got to build this square wall, this part of the wall. And it started, you know, right where we're sitting on it. They had it prepped a little bit. And they had uh, uh, Slavic, he's got the level there, to help us, because you don't want the wall falling over, because this one's the one that Alvords did. Uh, But it was so cool to be able to not only spiritually try to help build the church, but to actually get to build it. I mean, could you imagine Grace Church? Hey, Alex, uh, Brian, why don't you guys come help build the wall over here? You know, no way. So this was a unique, uh, special opportunity that we had as a family. And so we just got to build it for the day. Up, up it went until we were done. (laughs) Dasvidanya. It's over. We finished it. So neat memory. Uh, Neat memory. It's one of those things that we almost passed up. You know, your life busy and things are going on. So we want to take advantage of the time. You know, Ephesians talks about that, making the most of the time. Catching those opportunities to say a special word, to love somebody, to care about somebody. So I just want to encourage you. We almost let that neat thing go by because, yeah, there's always so much to do. But to be in prayer, you know, Lord, is this one of those times where you want me to just say everything else will stop? I'm glad I did. Um, I need to do that. We need to do that. So in our church, doing ministry, preaching a couple of pictures, just so it's like, yeah, he probably does preach then if we saw the picture, you know. Uh, here's communion in our church. Get a little view of what our church looks like. Uh, here's a baby dedication in our church. This is our church um, elders meeting in a house. And today we have a special opportunity of one of the leaders in our church, Andre Galesavan, or Galesavan, is here with us. And Andre came in last night, and I didn't even know the Lord set this all up so that he would be here. And I'm going to give him a a minute or two to give you a greeting. 
And Andre uh, is an amazing discipler, fantastic at giving vision and planning for the church. And he also works with Campus Crusade for 21 years, Andre? Yeah, 21 years. Has done an amazing campus ministry of evangelism, discipleship. And a couple years ago, he began a ministry to young professionals, something that hardly anyone is doing, maybe nobody. Andre might even mention that. He knows better than I do. Uh, to try to reach professionals for Christ and disciple them. And he's in the States because he needs to raise support. So if the Lord puts him on your heart, both the Alvords and the Chalesavans have a prayer letter over there, sign-up sheet. Don't feel like you have to to make the missionaries happy. But if you want to get it, then please sign up for that. And if you're interested in knowing more about what Andre's doing, he'll be around afterwards also. Andre, share a little bit with us. You can feel free to use the mic. Yeah. It's a privilege to me to be here among such beautiful audience. I, I must to take a photo for my family, for my wife. Okay. I will. Uh, so I uh, I work with Campus Crusade in Ukraine for 21 years. Uh, last three years, uh, I led a new ministry called Leader Impact Ministry. Our target audience uh, is small and medium business owners, CEOs, HR specialists, entrepreneurs government and judicial system uh, leaders and other people's, people of influence. Our mission helping marketplace leaders explore, explore their relevan the relevance of faith in God in their professional and personal uh, life. Uh, we offer Christian marketplace leader the opportunity to experience the joy of participating in mission at their workplace to reach their peers with the gospel and to disciple them to maturity. Uh, if you're interested uh, to hear more about this uh, ministry uh, and uh, help us some way or become a part of this ministry, please uh, contact me after this meeting. Thank you. Uh, Bruce. Bruce is my uh, good friend of mine and my mentor, and I, I want to, I want to tell you thank you very much for send him and support him. <laughs> That's all. Andre always has uh, some really good advice and wise advice. And does that mean stop? No, okay, we'll keep going then. We had a strange fire conference at our church this last spring. The charismatic false teaching is all around the world, unfortunately. And what was really special is Pastor John was televised into our very church. And it made me so happy. Amy and I were just like bumping each other with elbows. Pastor John's preaching in our church. Isn't that cool? So I just had to include that. Uh, and a lot of people came from different places. It was really exciting. But uh, this is how they did, like, lunch and, and the food there, you know, right in the back of the church outside. And it was delicious. 
What was it? You know, I think it was plov, but I'm not sure. You know, plov is like a rice and meat mixture that is really tasty. Ukrainian food is great. A little bit about the seminary teaching that I'm involved with. Uh, one of our main ministries there, besides the church, we have one of the TMI centers there. Uh, and it's called Grace Bible Seminary. And we just had our first group, very first group in this TMI center in September, so like a month and a half ago, two months ago. And there they are, 10 guys. 10 guys we want to impact for Christ so that they can impact their church, be shepherds, share the word, counsel. This is a group that I had uh, teaching homiletics. And I want to tell you about, I think I have three guys. Because what really matters is, you know, that's wonderful that you went, but what did the Lord do? At the end of, I think it's Paul's first missionary journey, he goes back to Antioch of Syria where they sent him. And if I'm remembering the verse right, it says he told them all the good things or wonderful things that the Lord had done. As a missionary, I feel like that's one of my main jobs when I'm back in the United States. I want to say, look how amazing our God is. Look what he has done. And you know, we need to get out of, I need it, and I assume you're the same, our little narrow perspectives of our problem and our world, you know, and see what our great God is doing around the world. So I'm hoping that you'll just say, wow, don't we have a great God? So this is a picture of a leg. Uh, the tall guy there, not the other ones. That's his wife and daughter. And Oleg was one of our very first students way back when. And Oleg didn't seem to have like the speaking ability and maybe some other things that would catch your attention. But it's interesting. It's that kind of person that the Lord chose in order to give the Lord more glory. When we are weak, he is what? Strong. Dick Mayhew once said about the ministry in Ukraine, Greg White and Fushan and Brian Kinzel and Heidi um, are our teammates, and we've been together for 27 years in Ukraine, and the Kinzels, after 22 years, went to Israel. But Dick Mayhew said about the ministry at, uh, in Ukraine, I've never seen God do so much with so little. Amen. Praise God. We are nothing. He is everything. And that's what our lives really should be, and we want them to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. But Oleg was one of those guys that you would think, you know, probably not going to be the leader of the class. And maybe because he was not seeming like that, that the Lord decided to lift him up. He became not only a pastor, but he went to Kazakhstan and had a Bible seminary there for several years. All Nations Bible Seminary. I went and visited him. Wow, look what the Lord's done. Not only that, Oleg found out that he had Jewish heritage and could become an Israeli citizen. And about six years ago, I'm guessing, he gave up his Ukrainian citizenship, went to Israel. And you might say, well, why? One-seventh, one-seventh of Israelis speak Russian, over a million people. And they have very little Bible training. Uh, to my knowledge, there was none. Oleg went there, and he started doing training in, in four or five local churches. And then he's doing, he started a whole Russian training for pastors at a Bible school that was already there, Israel School of the Bible. And the Kinzels, I'm guessing you guys know who they are. Their picture's over on the prayer guard over there if you don't. Um, they went there with Oleg. 
afterwards, and he, Brian teaches there in Hebrew and is working in local congregations, uh, and so is Aleg. So praise the Lord. As you've sent the Alvords and the Kinzels and the Whites, Aleg, who we didn't think would become much, quote-unquote, God is using to reach Israelis, Jewish people, Russian speakers for Christ. Praise the Lord. The next guy I wanted to share with you, there's three. Uh, this is the second. This is Igor and his family down in Crimea, which is in the south part of Ukraine. And Ukraine had this stolen from them by the Russians. They just took it over and said, it used to be ours. We want it back. Thank you very much. You're not strong enough to keep it. A lot of things I could say about that, but (laughs) Eager wrote me uh, just like three weeks ago and said the following. Uh, This is a quote. Since Russia had come, this is his English, to uh, had come in Crimea, together with its uh, arrival, new laws came as well. They brought serious problems for Protestant churches, especially for the opportunity to preach the gospel to people. Huge fines, constant inspections, and persecution of believers has come and become the common thing. Lots of pastors and just Christians left Crimea for safer places. So the police are investigating them. Police are putting pressure on them. He goes on. uh, The few Christians who have stayed try not to evangelize in order not to bother the authorities. There is a great propaganda against evangelical churches, especially Baptists, through the TV. They speak to people and say that we are the enemies and agents of the West. But we answer back with love, as the Lord commanded. I continue to preach the gospel in the settlements of Crimea. Thank God and thank the Lord that he keeps me and my team. Once we almost met the police, who was called by one woman. And he didn't say more about that, like dot, 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 you know, what happened? I guess they didn't meet the police. So Aleg uh, is one of those people that I wanted you to see. Here's again his family and him in the middle of this picture. He's bold for the gospel, bold to tell people about Jesus Christ in spite of, you know, he might be losing a lot of that month's rent, uh, rent or money or be put in jail. Um, and these are pictures of people that he actually gave gospel literature to. So as you send us, the Lord has sent out a leg to reach people in a place that's getting more difficult. Um, He is going to be, this is a summer camp picture of little kids in Crimea, especially Tartar kids. The Tartar ethnic group was persecuted under the Soviet Union, and they're still kind of thought of as second class. And so they're especially open to the gospel. And he's going to do Christmas outreaches to kids like these in this picture, but not summer camps, but Christmas outreaches in Crimea. So if you want to pray for something specific that's really fresh, he asked for prayer for that. Uh, Christmas is celebrated both on December 25th and on January 6th, uh, that he would be bold, that he would... Uh, sometimes it's not only the kids, but the parents through the kids are hearing it, or the parents are in the back hearing the gospel. And the last person I wanted to share, and then a couple prayer requests will be done, is Anton and his family. Anton, uh, this is a picture of him with his wife right there in the middle. Uh, The other two men are also graduates uh, from our training. Uh, 
But Anton lives right on the edge of this little square uh, in the east of Ukraine. Those really dark red squares are places that have been taken over by rebels, quote-unquote, which most Ukrainians uh, would just say, well, there's also backing by the Russian government because they want to create trouble right there and do their political thing. So Crimea, just in case you're wondering, that we talked about earlier is this red dotted area. And then over here in the right, which is in the east, is territories that have been basically broken off and there's rebel government and it's all messed up. But Anton lives right on the border, like a mile or a mile and a half, two miles from the border of where the guns are actually going off. I had him in class and I said, Anton, tell me about it, you know. Do you hear it very often? I don't hear, you know, that much about the war anymore in the news. I mean, we're in Kiev. We're in the same country. And he said, yeah, every day. I said, every day? Every day there's an explosion. There's shooting. Something going on. I'm like, wow. I said, how does your wife feel about it? It's a little nerve-wracking. It, it can make us nervous. And I said, well, are you thinking of leaving? Because most people who had money... And ability did. You know, would you want to live on the edge of a border, you know, that's having bombs going off? Would you want the possibility that this could be your apartment building? Now, this doesn't happen every day, but sometimes it does. You know, we don't even hear about it in Ukraine, so you probably don't hear about the war that's going on in the eastern part of Ukraine. But I wanted you to know that Anton, and here he's praying, and his wife, as he got ordained not too long ago as a pastor, are sticking there, even though it's dangerous, even though you might wonder, hey, Maybe I should just do what's best for my kids and their education, you know. But he said, no, God has called me here to be faithful. So that's the call for each of us. And I hope you're encouraged to see that God has been faithful to get us a new church building. God has been faithful to use something so little as us to be a part of Anton's life and Aleg's life and others. So I hope you're encouraged by that, blessed by that, um, that you would be faithful also. You know, it's not just for the missionaries. We know that. But, you know, every one of us can be pleasing to the Lord right where we're at. Judgment Day is going to be neat when he gives out rewards. It won't be necessarily the missionaries or the pastors. You know, you who may not be seen by anyone. You know, this is totally off script here, but my wife is such a servant. I love her so much. I probably wouldn't be there without her. People might say, oh, are you going to do the Bible study or whatever? And she'll do that kind of thing. But she just loves the little person, the person who's new on the mission field, the person who's downtrodden, the person that no one's taking care of at church. And I have no doubt that the Lord might be like, Amy, here's your reward. Plonk that giant crown. She can barely hold it up with her head, you know. And mine probably going to be smaller. The Lord knows. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we judge things by, you know, oh, they're up front. They're doing this. You can be faithful. And meaningful and pleasing to the Lord and making him smile, even if no one else knows. So continue on. Aside, done. Back onto the script. A uh, couple of prayer requests. You could pray for our little Bible seminary uh, that God will give us students and use us to impact them. You could pray for the translation of Pastor John's messages into Russian. They just announced that at the Truth Matters conference that they're going to try to translate all of his messages. And I'm so thrilled. And John's probably blessed you. And I'm excited that uh, the Lord will probably use 
him uh, and his sermons in Russian to do that even further. For our church, we have started um, expository preaching, but I don't know if it's really deep in everyone's soul yet. And if the key pastors and myself were to not be there, that that might go away. So that's something that uh, we're praying about and that there would be more trained preachers. We could finish our building. I mentioned earlier Igor's Christmas Crimea outreach coming up uh, to pray for his boldness and finances that people would repent. And every missionary slideshow I've heard is the rumor. It's supposed to end with a beautiful sunset picture. And this is one that I took, so you know that it must have been very beautiful if I could just point and shoot outside our apartment window. So thank you for um, coming today, and I hope you're encouraged that the Lord is working. We serve a great God.